Well, this morning we uh, plan rather rapidly and kind of put pieces together to share a little bit about uh, the mission of the Philippines. And as we all know, uh, pictures often tell uh, so much more of the story. And so we have a video. It went a little bit longer as we put it together, but we want to give you an opportunity to see some things before we have our team come up and share a, a song that was shared in uh, a variety of contexts uh, during the 10 days or 12 days or 14 days or three months, whatever, how long we were down there. Is, uh, but it, we, uh, we had an opportunity just to just be part of God's uh, team uh, from Grace Hills Church to be a blessing and to be an instrument in God's hands to make an impact in people's lives. Uh, one of the things that we learned there is in the Philippines, uh, they have one major language but many dialects, and we were in an area where uh, it was Basai, and often uh, in the morning we would uh, greet one another with Mayong Buntag, which means good morning, and uh, we just had the privilege of connecting with people in a relational way, and we're, we're excited about just the relationships that were built and the opportunities to, to be uh, part of God's program, uh, not only here, but in a, in a place in which uh, that now has captured our hearts. But at this point, I want to share a, a video, and then our team will come up and sing to you and then share a few testimonies. And depending on how long they go, uh, I'll share a message of God's Word as well. So here's, here's a look at our trip.
That gives you a picture a little bit of uh, what happened. The, the, the eight-minute video went 
20 minutes, uh, so we, we decided we better cut in half. Well, what you got to see was the first part of our mission, which was primarily at the camp. And in case you thought we didn't do any work, we want to make sure that you caught the moments we did work. Uh, so uh, we did a lot of things that related to the facility, and it was, it was a great opportunity to be, to be literally the hands of uh, God's people helping a church, a, a, a ministry that needed a lot of care in terms of its facilities. We would have shown the picture of the outreach. We'll hear a little bit about that a little bit later on. But I want to invite the team to come up, uh, share a, a, a song with you, and then opportunity to also share a word of testimony.
Okay. Good morning, everyone. Um, one of the uh, the one I'm going to locate or um, point out one of my testimonies is on the outreach, um, which is really cool because um, during our outreach, the whole program was starting. It was a concert where we invited people. Um, um, and we went door to door to ask them to come to this concert at the cover court or this gym. Um, so the time came after a couple hours and started pe- people started coming. And so um, later through the program, um, after people were, we were singing, there was concert. I mean, there was a choir and uh, some, qu- uh, some kids things like a puppet show. Um, but during the choir, and it was about the end, all of a sudden there was a brownout. Uh, it went pitch dark, and all of a sudden, you hear people screaming, and <laughs> there's kids screaming. And um, but it was really awesome because um, uh, we 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 started doing everything by uh, the cars headlights. <laughs> so uh, somebody turned on their headlights, and uh, some other people brought their motorcycles and put their motorcycles towards the stage. And um, and then while we're trying to get the sound system running, um, uh, we finally, uh, after Allegra pointed out something, <laughs> that we could use this portable uh, uh, sound system. And so that was plugged in uh, to this generator that the, the previous sound system could not power up. Um, but what I saw, and after speaking with Kuyaberry, one of the uh, staff members of Seaside, um, but now works uh, with his own ministry out in uh, uh, in, in the city. Um, we were like, um, during that outage, some people left, and we, but we believe that there were there was just some people, but there was still a lot more that stayed for to hear the message by car light. Um, how, and even though it was dark, it was still amazing because I think God chose the ones that stayed to uh, hear the gospel, and there was. Um, the message that Pastor Sam spoke, um, also the message that uh, Pastor Mike also spoke of, um, um, and uh, and Ion, who is also one of the, uh, the staff of Seaside, um, did this illustration um, of the gospel too, um, which was something that was important to me because before, um, about two years ago, um, Ion was um, hasn't gone to Bible ministry yet, and. Um, I prayed for him because I uh, because I went last time and and we wanted we encouraged him to do Bible uh, the Bible Institute uh, Word of Life um, Bible Institute. So two years now and I see him after the um, after his training at uh, at the Bible Institute and it's just amazing what God has done in his life and through his illustration and uh, and and all the kids and all the, um, the adults there was um, there was a quiet time and a, uh, a time just to witness to all the people and people were grouped together and people were accepted the Lord and that was just one of the things that I, I loved about that night and one of the things about the trip. Thanks. The biggest thing for me on this trip I think was God's timing in it all. Um, I'm a big planner and a schedule follower, so spending multiple hours in the airport and just doing things kind of (coughs) flying by without a plan was hard for me, 
And so that was just something where I was like, okay, I'm on mission for God. I'm here on a mission trip. So I know that in this time, spending 50 hours in the airport or going to places that I didn't expect to go to was just going to be part of God's plan. Um, one of the days on Tuesday, they actually had a some campers there. So it was, we were there all week at this youth camp or this camp helping out the camp and there was no campers, but one day they had some campers there and, um, uh, okay. Camille actually got close with uh, one of the ladies who was like a counselor there. And she was, her name was Rebecca. And so she was like, oh, I have a, my, my counselor's name is Rebecca. I want to introduce you to her. So Camille was like, oh, Rebecca, this is Rebecca. And um, we just started to talk. And I was talking to her. And she said that she had some campers here who were from the jungle. And the jungle there is a place where kids are trained into going to the military. And they don't have families or families have left them and they don't have a lot going for them in their lives. And so they were there at this camp. They, it's been six years since they've seen the ocean, and that's where this camp was. It was on the ocean. And so she was just telling me all about her ministry and these kids and how she's kind of teaching them her language because the jungle language is a whole different dialect. And so I was just talking with her one-on-one, -on -one, well, with Camille, and then I hear one of her students singing from the pavilion that was that they were having church at. And I was like, wow, that was so amazing. And she just got up and started singing a solo. And she's like, oh, do you want to come over and listen to them? I said, sure, if you guys want us to come over, we can come over. And so she invited us over to the pavilion. We stopped working for a minute. And so we got invited over to the pavilion. And their whole camp, campers from the ages of 14 to 40, got so excited for Camille and I to come into that pav pavilion. And just started cheering for us. And I was like, what the heck? Like, we just want to hear you guys sing. Like, why are you cheering for us? And, um, sorry. And so they were, they all got up on stage and they were like, we want to sing for you guys. We want you guys to just be a part of this with us. Okay. You know, they, they pulled up our seats right in front and they, sang for us. They sang one song in English that they've been working on for a really long time. And then they said like five other songs in their language. And then they were like, come up and sing with us. Like, okay. <laughs> and so we got on stage with them, didn't understand what they were singing, but we were kind of just standing there. And um, after afterwards, they each one of them came up and shook our hands and said, thank you. And I was like, you know, that's the kind of thing that God's timing works so much better than my timing <laughs> because I I feel like, you know, I would never have just gone up to somebody or invited them to do what they did for me, and they got so much out of it. And so I think about being home and doing that here because we're all on mission here. So my big takeaway was... I know that I was on a mission trip. I know that I was being used by God in, in the Philippines. And, but I remembered that, okay, I'm being used by God here. So my takeaway was not always planning things, not always 
being frustrated when things don't happen on my time, but just be expecting God's plan and God's timing to be so much bigger and so much better because every time we waited on God on this trip, it was so much better than we expected. Thank you. Um, my takeaway is uh, family. So this is my third time going to the Philippines along with Lynn and KJ. So for me, it was going back and seeing the people that I had worked with before. And um, I think because we had been there before, we had a little more, we had a better rep. And um, we were, so our new group was accepted into the family quicker than we were ever accepted into their family. And um, one of the first things we um, saw when we got to camp was a big poster that had all of our pictures, and it said, Welcome, Grace Hills Work Team. And um, they had been praying for us the entire time. Even though we were delayed getting there, um, they were so happy to see us. And the same went for us. We were happy to see them because we were tired of Manila Airport. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> But um, one of the greatest things is because they were family, we got to participate in two family things. And one of those was a mock wedding because one of the, um, if you saw the pictures, there was people walking down with a bunch of bananas in their hand. Well, that was the mock wedding. And Joy Phil and Romeo um, are getting married in October. And I met Joy Phil on the first trip in 2008. So... We had been talking and fooling around, and we're sitting at lunch one day, and, I, and we were having polichon, which Pastor Mike killed magnificently. And, um, and I said, well, if you have lechon, you have there has to be a reason for the party, not just that you guys are here, but we need a reason for a party. And I was like, why don't we have a mock wedding since we can't be here for your wedding? And she is like, no, 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 no. She's really shy, and so is her fiancé. But they came around, and he agreed, so she had to agree. And we performed a mock wedding. So that was the first thing. And it actually turned out to be one of the best things ever because we can't be at her wedding, but she felt like we were actually a part of the wedding. Um, and I actually got to sing. So that was fun. The next thing we got to do was be a part of a baby dedication, of a baby that has not actually wasn't out of the womb yet. Um, and so this baby now has four godparents that are standing up on the stage. Five, I'm sorry. So Dan is a godfather. Daniel is a godfather. Lynn and KJ and I were godmothers. And um, we actually had that privilege of um, being a part of that and being able to, um, be a, to be a testimony, a witness to a baby that wasn't even here yet. But she was actually born yesterday. So it's little Kayla Joy, also known as KJ, and we're so happy that we got to be a part of two family events. Um, they truly treated us like family, and it was time to leave. It was hard to go, um, but we also know that we're going to see them again, plan in two years, but if not, we know we'll see them in heaven. Um, we're not just physical family, but we are a spiritual family, and it's so awesome to be a part of... Um, a group that is reaching souls for Christ to bring them um, into that eternal family.
taller than me. <laughs> well, um, I wrote some notes because what I'm going to talk about, I could probably spend the entire service talking about, so I want to make sure I hit the right points. Um, Becky was talking about planning, and with all the planning that was done pre-trip, you know, I was thinking, okay, I think we're pretty good. I think I covered all the bases, but our plans aren't necessarily God's plans. And you heard about a lot of the delays and us being in the airport. We arrived in Manila on Saturday morning around 4 something in the morning. And from that time on, we had multiple delays, multiple cancellations. And um, we, even in that time, we had fun. Like someone said, our group, we have such a great group. Um, I think there was a ringleader who started some um, hide-and-go-seek in the airport. So all the Filipinos knew that we were there. Um, we were not quiet. But um, there were a lot of delays, and we were finally able to book a flight out to go on Sunday. And there's a verse, Proverbs 21.30, that says, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can su succeed against the Lord. And in those delays, we met this woman. Her name is Jenilyn and her newborn baby, Daisy. And um, during one of our times of rebooking, we noticed that she was sitting in, at, the counter, or at the counter scales next to us. And she was feeding her baby. She looked really sad um, and kind of worried. But we were kind of trying to organize all our tickets and everything. So I didn't get a chance to talk to her right away. And we kind of talked amongst ourselves and were wondering what was going on with her. And... Um, I was just about to go talk to her when one of the other staff came up to her and told her that we're going to go ahead and let your baby on, but you have to pay, I think it was 2,500 pesos of fare. And for them, that's like $2,500 to them. And she started crying, and we, I immediately stepped in, and I said, is there anything we can do? We would like to help this lady. And... Um, so I tried to talk to the lady, but there's a language. I, I kind of understand what's going on, but it's hard. Um, it was hard to communicate with her. So um, I told the staff we would like to go ahead and pay for her ticket. And so they took me over to the, ticket, excuse me, the ticketing office, and um, we went ahead and took care of her ticket. Um, I got a text from my dad the other day, and he said he, he followed up with her, and Jenilyn and the baby are doing well. And... Um, she said, I'd like to thank your American daughter for uh, intervening on my behalf and for um, taking care of the fare for my baby. My dad uh, mentioned that when he was talking to her, he heard Arabic in the background. So we're not sure what her um, relationship is with the Lord, but just keep praying for her and that she will, in, in meeting us, will hopefully find Jesus. Um, that wasn't the end of our delays. As we were leaving to come to the States, we had more delays. We had delays out of Mindanao. We stayed an extra day and a half, which for us was fun because we got to spend more time with the staff and we got to do a fun outing. Um, and then we finally got to Manila where we checked in. We met this guy, Jojo, who helped us get our um, boarding passes and stuff. And since we had about eight hours to kill, we went to the mall, the Mall of Asia. Asia. It's a big mall down there. And um, we just kind of roamed around, had some food. Some people went to McDonald's. And so um, on our way back from the airport, it was about 7.30, we get a call from JoJo. 
KJ answers the phone and he says, well, your tickets have, you don't have tickets anymore on the flight. Even though we had boarding passes and our luggage was all the way through to LA, we didn't have those seats anymore. So come in and talk to him. So we were talking to him. It went back and forth so many times. We got back around eight o'clock. We stayed for another four hours trying to work out the situation and we weren't gonna leave the airport without tickets to leave either that night or the next day. They kept telling us the next available flight that we can confirm you on is the 21st. So we would still be in the Philippines um, today. So going back and forth, he didn't have anybody to talk to. Nobody cared about our situation. He was the only one. He started work at 7 a.m. that day. Um, he stayed till midnight to take care of us. And um, in the whole hustle and bustle of trying to arrange our tickets, he found out we were there on a mission trip. And he had been praying and had wanted, he still wants to be a missionary. So he says, I really have to do something for these guys to help them out. Um, and so he called everyone he could call. We couldn't even talk to a boss or anybody. And you could see it in his face the last few times he talked to us that the situation was pretty bleak. Um, and then all of a sudden, I saw him hugging his bosses and his coworker and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, something must be happening that's pretty good. So they came and told us that they got us booked on the Tuesday flight. Um, he's, I'm sorry, Thursday flight. He's gonna make all the arrangements for us. We got booked into a hotel, we got meals, we got transportation and everything. So we had to stay one more day, but one more day is better to, than stay till the 21st. And, um, but the thing that really touched me is, after this whole situation when we were leaving, JoJo posted something on Facebook. And you might be able to understand, but it took me a while to translate it. I had to ask a couple people to really understand what he said. Some of the things that he mentioned were, it was the worst work experience that he's ever had <laughs> in his entire career. And he's young, because he had to stay so long. Um, and then the other thing he said that touched me is, he realized that God was the star of the situation, that nothing could have been resolved without him. He also said that there are no bad experiences. And with everything, there is a blessing. And that's, I can't say it any better than what he said. Um, he really summed it up for us. So um, I would like to leave you now with Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We just want to thank all of you guys for your support and your love and for sending us to the Philippines to represent Grace Hills Church. Thank you. Um, I was just told to keep mine short, so, <laughs> uh, which is good. Um, so the experience that I, there are very, very many, 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 many experiences that we had, um, but it's all about the relationships that we built, and um, this is why I told him I, I should, I'll just not go, but <laughs> um, the part that um, really touched me was when we went out um, and went door to door, and we were invited into people's homes to share the word with them. And um, I don't see that happening here. 
and it was just an amazing experience. And we all we all did it. We all had different experiences, but it seemed like every home that I went in, everyone wanted to hear what we had to say. And um, um, there was teams of us, so people who spoke the language and things. And we went into um, we went into this little barrio, and there were um, we followed a bunch. We followed a couple kids. We, we started with the kids. We said, "Do you want to go to a puppet show?" And um, we're like, show us your mom, so or take us to your family. So we, they took us, and we're wondering where we were going, and we're walking through these homes and stuff. And there was a lady by the name of Shirley, another lady by the name of Billy, um, uh, another young boy who was about 12, and then six other kids. And um, so, you know, I kind of let the Filipinos talk first, and then... Um, uh, Catherine, who was with us, she said, do you, she asked me, do you want to share with them? I said, sure. What, what, is it okay if they listen to me in English? And they all, the people there said, sure. So um, I was able to share the gospel with them. And uh, all of them accepted Christ. And um, that was the experience. We met three young men, same thing, um, a bunch of kids. And um, it was just amazing to see that. And, and then, you know, to see them come in the end when we invited them to the puppet show and all the things that we had to see them come and see them again and stuff. Um, and my takeaway is, you know, why do, why is it okay for me to go halfway around the world and share it and not share it with people here? And so that's what I need to do in my life is share it with the people around here. Thank you. Um, first off, Alice Johnson, you deserve a medal. I spent two weeks with your husband. Every morning I woke up to him, hey, good morning. No, leave me alone. Um, you are a saint. You are a saint. Um, lastly, uh, I had the opportunity to go down and speak to the local police station because Pastor Stamp does a mission, uh, a Bible study there. I don't know why they chose me. Uh, but I went down and I talked to him, and I was kind of told you're going to do this. And then um, on the way down, Pastor Sam said, you know, I don't want to alarm you, but most of them are Mormons, not Mormons, that uh, Muslims. And I thought, great. I'm <laughs> nervous as it is. And I asked him, I said, what do you, should I curtail what it is I'm going to, I'm going to speak about? And he said, no, just the opposite. Speak about what, what it is to you. And we, on a side note, we actually were awoken on many occasions by Muslims because there was a camp right next to us. So Muslim culture or religion is very prominent, I guess, in that area. So anyway, we spoke to him, and it was immediate right away that uh, there's no difference between that department and my own. Uh, a lot of them, uh, they, 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 they look, they, we look alike, we act alike. They're a little shorter, um, a little skinnier. Um, but it, it, there was a real need, and I was real privileged to be there and speak to them. And, and they asked me some questions that professionally-wise, but for the most part, we were just a part of them, and, and it was obvious that there was a need there for those folks, and especially given it, it, I was cautioned that you know by Sam and that for them to leave go outside their Muslim faith is almost an act of treason subject to to be killed and I thought, wow, maybe I, I shouldn't go there, <laughs> but uh, it was important and, and as KJ mentioned, why don't I do that in my own work where I know there are no Muslims but and then again, uh, I'm, a, I'm availed to that opportunity. So it was a great experience. I, I think I got more out of it than they'll ever get out of it. And 
It was just a wonderful thing. And two years from now, we're planning this again. And if you get an opportunity to go, I would highly, highly suggest it. Thank you. As you uh, have heard from our team, uh, they could share so much, so much more as uh, God captured their hearts and they had an opportunity to uh, just be used of God. I, I want to summarize some things very, very quickly. You know, what is being on mission all about? If you were to uh, give some simplistic answers to some questions about uh, what the Christian life is all about, it's really all about ministry and it's all about mission. Uh, ministry, if you want to, again, make some very... Uh, simple observation. It's all about what we do locally as we use our gifts and our abilities and the things that we can do to touch the people that we know and care about and, and be faithful to where God has placed us to live, to be uh, the hands and the, and the feet and the heart and the, and the, and the mouthpiece for God. A mission is when we, when we go beyond where we live to, to be that same instrument of God in another place with people we do not know but we will learn to care about. But really, both happens at the same time, both ministry and mission. And really, what is it all about? We have as a kind of a catchphrase for our church that we are to honor God by helping people. Now, the larger idea about that is honoring God by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. But it, it, all, it all comes from having a heart that really cares. And as we were there, and I want to share this so quickly this morning, is that, that we, we wanted to honor God by helping people by really showing that we cared. And what do you do when you show that you care? Well, if we were to take that as an acronym and put some verses to it, uh, caring begins with understanding that we are to have a heart of compassion. You, you show you care when you have compassion. In Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus did what we did, and particularly the outreach part of it. We went into the cities and the villages and, and the places with so many obvious needs. We, we, just, we went there because we had a heart that cared. We had compassion. Uh, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But then it speaks about why he wanted to preach the gospel of the kingdom. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. He showed that he, that he had a heart that, that was filled with care because he had compassion. It moved him not only from the art, heart, but as, as the as the people that day would explain compassion, it was, it was that which came from deeply within, from the gut. And so you saw our people move with compassion as they, they saw needs uh, during their 12, 14 days in the uh, Philippines. But also, as we think about it, it's not just being moved emotionally. It's, it's about action. And so if, if we take that, that word care, it begins with compassion, but then it, it must move us to action. In 1 John chapter 3, verse, I believe it's 18, it says, Let us not simply love in word or in deed, word in tongue, but in deed and truth. And we portrayed on the screen uh, moving our people to action to show that we, that we had a heart filled with care because we, we wanted to help in any way possible. In fact, often we'd volunteer in times where they said, Well, you can rest now. No, we want to be here to help. We want to show that we care by action. But as uh, we've heard in even some of the testimonies, it moves on to we show we care in relationships. In Colossians chapter 4, the end of that passage, uh, it, it speaks about Paul having a, being filled with a life of ministry. But as he, as he moved not only his life into ministry and to mission, being on mission, he, he moved other people out as well. And he speaks about a, 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 an individual that you don't know a whole lot about. 
If I asked you to all write down on your outlines everybody, everything you know about this man named Tychicus, it would probably be blank sheets of paper. But in Colossians chapter 4, he says this, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant of the Lord, will tell you the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. Sometimes we want on short-term missions, is it, is it worth all the time and effort to send people there for such a short period of time? But I remember one of the individuals, uh, his name was Jerry, he said, you, do, you don't know how much you've refreshed our hearts. So you go and show care in relationships to comfort and refresh, to, to give encouragement to people who are on the front lines doing ministry. And when you come to spend time and work and do whatever you can, it builds them up. So we show that we care by compassion, by actions, by envy, be involved in a relationship. And then the E, it, you, can't, you can't escape E, and that's evangelism. We went there to share the message of the gospel of the kingdom. We went there to share the message of Christ. And when we went out in the homes, when we went out in the highways and byways to share a little book called the Wordless Book or our testimony or the ABCs of the gospel, it was because we wanted to, deal, to show care in the, in the most profound way and draw people to Jesus. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, he says that, Pray for me that I will have boldness in the utterance of the gospel to others. And so when we went there, we went there to show compassion, to demonstrate our love and action, to, to build into relationships. But we wanted the message of Christ to be there. And one of the things that even happened after the fact, I think it was, it was Lynn who shared a story, is that Pastor Sam had had opportunity after the outreach evening to talk with an older um, uh, Arabic man who, who was far from God. In fact, he said, I think he's going to be in church on Sunday. He wasn't there. And so I think it was one of those story, pastor stories. You get pastor stories, talk about all these things dramatically going to happen. Well, he went and followed him up and had an opportunity to present the gospel. And this man came to know Christ. So as we think about being on mission, it's, it's about having a heart of compassion. It's about being committed to action. It's about building into relationships and having a heart that people might come to know Christ in evangelism. And so we thank you for sending us for those 12 days, 14 days, 16 days, whatever it was. Um, because it was just a privilege to be uh, the arm and, and, uh, of, of Grace Hills Church extended to a place. But as we leave this place, uh, we extend ourselves to people that we know to try to reach them with the message that we care. And we want to show that in specific ways into people's lives. Let's pray. Well, we thank you for the opportunity to, in a a brief way, uh, talk about being on mission. And, Father, if there be anyone here this morning that is on the outside looking in, we pray that they might simply say, I surrender to the Jesus who came uh, to save me from my sin and to make me a new person on the inside. Uh, Father, might that just be real to everyone here. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to close in uh, uh, worship and an offering unto the Lord as we just uh, praise his name. I'm not sure where, uh, th- where this service kind of hits you, but um, I had a chance to, to talk to my dad prior to the, <clears throat> or last night, and just kind of, just their experience, and, and they shared briefly about it, but the, the, the thing that stood out to me was the, the time where they had to pull up the cars and, and, and run lights in, and, and I talked to my worship team prior to this, uh, our, or this morning with our practice, and we just had an honest conversation about how here we, we make church so complicated. It's about the lights, the sound, and all these things. 
and there they, they ran out of power and you know here we would have run screaming and would probably 